Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Holding the Ladder in Sport and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Rice. This week's guest is Ryan Briggs. Ryan is the Sports Information Director at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania. He's been overseeing their 22 varsity sports in terms of sports information for the past 17 years. He is currently the longest tenured small college sports information director in Western Pennsylvania. He's a graduate of Grove City in 2001 and as a Grove City, Pennsylvania native, he has extensive experience not only in sports information, but he is a seasoned public address announcer and play-by-play announcer for high school football, basketball, baseball, and softball, as well as an occasional studio host and game producer. Hope you enjoy the next few minutes with Ryan Briggs. With me today, longtime friend, former student, and an incredible sports information professional in the college athletics world, Ryan Briggs from Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome to our session today. Well, thank you very much, Coach Rice, for having me. It's it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, I know Ryan from way, way back when I was an assistant professor, assistant men's basketball coach, head men's and women's golf coach, and uh, one almost full season of cross-country coaching with the men and women at Grove City, and actually had Ryan in a bowling class in in a physical education minor there at Grove City, and... uh, we had a, actually we had a bowling alley at Grove City and still do. I, I actually love that uh, place. Do you ever get down there and roll a frame or two every once in a while, Ryan? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, right after, right between the end of finals and Christmas, uh, a lot of the department got together. One of our newest employees, she said, "What if we got together for a bowl, you know, a bowling get together?" So we went down there for a couple hours, like two to four, and we probably had twenty of us down there bowling. It was a lot of fun, and yeah, the lanes are actually underneath my office. Uh, they did add electronic scoring a handful of years ago uh, but they still keep it manually for class uh, but it's a it's it's really a neat feature we have we have eight lanes downstairs it's still popular it's, it's popular with the students at night uh, you, you'll hear the pin the pin decks rattling underneath uh, but it's a it's a cool feature of the building oh absolutely i always thought that uh, the you know the the actual plc or physical learning center in Grove city was really for its time when it was built in the you know 50s was pretty state-of-the-art and uh, the work that's been done there at the with the facility in the last five to seven years has just been remarkable certainly yeah they recently they built the quote new pool uh in the late 80s and really refurbished it a couple of years ago the bowling alley in great shape it it was you can tell it's a well-constructed building uh the arena the original floor lasted from 1954 until uh, 2012 uh, and then it was uh, replaced, and we have a, a beautiful new floor in there. But the old floor was still in good shape. So when you when you build things well and take care of them, uh, things last a long time. And, and our building is certainly a uh, certainly reflects that. Uh, that kind of so Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of tell us where you're from, your background, and uh, kind of maybe what your current position is. Sure. Well, uh, I'm in year number 17 as a sports information director here at Grove City College. We are Division Three school. We're in Western Pennsylvania, about 55 miles north of Pittsburgh. Uh, if you look on a map and look where Interstate 79 and 80 intersect, that's where we are. Uh, but uh, I grew up in Grove City. I was born in the old Grove City Hospital. I went to Grove City High School. Uh, I played some basketball when I was younger. I, you know, kind of, I found my skill set was better suited for other things. So in high school, I started doing work for the local newspaper. I was making the princely sum of $15 a week covering Grove City High School boys basketball. Uh, really enjoyed it. 
Uh, and that was kind of the career path I thought that I would want to go. I wanted to be a meteorologist until I got to 10th grade and then started doing this uh, or you know, covering games. And then uh, so I graduated from high school and a substitute teacher of mine had played multiple sports here at Grove City. And uh, she suggested that I get in touch with a gentleman by the name of Joe Klimchak, who was the sports information director at the time. So the, uh, the summer after I graduated high school and before I started college, where the college is here in Grove City as well, I uh, started working in his office a couple of days a week and immediately uh, just fell in love with it. Uh, enjoyed the names, the numbers, the facts, the history, the variety of it. Uh, so I worked with him a lot when I was in school here. And uh, then my junior year, the paper that I'd worked at as a stringer, uh, I became the sports editor there. So I was working full time while I was in school. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, and then Joe uh, moved on at the end of the 2001-2002 academic year. I was, uh, I was very interested in the job. It was really the job that I wanted because of uh, my, uh, my, at the time, I didn't really realize it, but I, because I liked the work and I still love the work itself, but also to be at Grove City College, it was an ideal situation. Uh, I was fortunate enough, I interviewed and was uh, offered the position, which I took me about 30 seconds to accept it. And uh, I've been here since June of 2002, so into year number 17 now here at Grove City. Wow. And go back real quick to uh, the word stringer. Explain that to folks that may not know what that means. Sure. A stringer is uh, uh, essentially a contracted employee to cover, you know, to cover a game. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of media outlets will still use them. Uh, of course, as media has sh major markets will use them as well. So the Pittsburgh Penguins in the National Hockey League. Well, maybe one of the the Ed Edmonton media, you know, to send somebody from Edmonton to Pittsburgh is not cheap uh, travel-wise. So they may have people in the area contracted to cover the game for them, to send back video, audio, et cetera. So they are, quote, stringing for them. Uh, but it's really it's just kind of uh, contracted per game or per week, things like that. So that's – stringer is a uh, – is, I guess, jargon, if you will, for a – one-time contracted employee or maybe somebody who's not full-time with an organization but uh, helps out. Um, and so, you know, we're going to get a lot of great information, I think, today in asking uh, you some questions pertaining to the media side, especially because of your role in it in the sports information and marketing uh, area. And so tell me, now, and by the way, uh, if you could share with everyone where Joe Klimchak works now. Sure. Joe does a lot of work for the Pittsburgh Pirates now. Uh, if you would ever you know, go to a game in Pittsburgh at PNC Park, he's what's called the ballpark host. So he'll be out on the field before the game, helping, uh, I guess, kind of the ceremonies around, say, the first pitch. Uh, he'll do stuff in-game, say, the fourth or fifth inning. They'll have a trivia uh, contest where they'll ask a question, and somebody will have to pick A, B, C, or D. If they do, they win a prize, things of that sort. But he also uh, does some uh, d does a lot of you know, video work with them in, in terms of whether it's their fantasy camp, or feature work. He, he's involved in a lot of things uh, of that sort. He, uh, in some ways, does, uh, he is a stringer for a number of organizations also. Uh, he uh, works at the Pitt, uh, University of Pittsburgh home football games in a behind-the-scenes role. Same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's actually done some television work in Pittsburgh now. He's been in a few commercials. So he, uh, he he's involved in a lot of different, uh, different things, but the Pirates would be his, I guess you'd say, his primary venture at this point. Sure, and uh, and Joe is also a Grove City College alumnus, and yes. uh, it's like uh, Ryan is now. Um, so tell, take us back a little bit to um, 
back in, well, of course, in high school, you started you know, getting the itch for this course. You got excited about it. Went from wanting to be a weather person to being, uh, you know, in the sports world. Um, what, what led you to truly say, yeah, this is something that I want to do for a living? Was there just a light bulb that just went off and went, this is what I want to do? I mean, what was it? Uh, really, that's it's kind of what it was. Uh, and so in June of 1997, I graduated high school earlier in the month. So I had gone up, uh, met Joe. His office was in our administration building at the time up on the third floor, kind of isolated from the rest of the campus. But uh, went in there and just helped him with, with some different summer projects and just you know going through the files we had and, and all of those things. It was just like, wow, this – and at the time, I, yeah, and I'm still big into sports stats, names and numbers. And it was just, it was seemingly an endless supply of it. And uh, I, I just enjoyed it right there. You know, I liked writing. I liked, of course, liked sports, which is kind of paramount with everything. And immediately I was like, oh, this is, I, I want to do this. And um, as time went on, as I got towards my, uh, you know, junior and senior year, Joe had kind of given some hints about that he was looking to do something else. Um, he had kind of uh, sort of fell into the position after he graduated. It was, uh, he was the first full-time sports information director, a gentleman by the name of Bob Smith had done it from 1970 through 1991. Uh, but Bob was also doing all the college publicity. And that was generally how it was done at most small colleges. Then it was off it was part of, uh, the overall public relations effort. So he may type out, a, type up a press release about a basketball game, and then also about a new faculty hire and things like that. So, it was uh, really new for Joe, and he sort of had the opportunity to kind of create and develop the program, and I learned from him, and then have kind of taken it from there and uh, uh, certainly looked to build upon the strong tradition we've had there, starting with Bob and, and, and then with Joe. We've only had three sports information directors in the last 49 years, which is pretty cool. Oh, absolutely, and the one thing that's incredible about Grove City is the uh, long – standing uh the folks that have been there for a long time they, they have very long tenures and uh some folks are there for 40 45 years uh you know and um you know it, it's something that i always appreciated about it now one thing about uh what you were talking about like it, with respect to your role i mean how important is our best practices in your business you know when it when it comes down to it like press releases after every ball game write-ups before every game to let, let your fans know what's going on. Tell me a little bit about what, what are best practices as a sports information director? What do they look like? Sure. Uh, yeah, best practices, uh, and things have certainly changed a lot in the last, uh, certainly since I started, and even in the last five, six years, uh, you know, we've, we've now, we are, and we were one of the later schools to do it, to go to one of the main like web platforms, uh, Presto Sports and Sidearm are the two, Two of the big ones in, in college athletics, we are with sidearms, so going with that. Um, but just, uh, yeah, one of the big things, the best practices are, you know, afterwards, you know, having press releases, recaps, et cetera, having the statistics updated. You know, a lot of that has been improved uh, just with XML files where I can just drop it in there or the other school for playing. Like, for example, uh, tonight we have a basketball double doubleheader against Westminster. Now, they're also on the same platform as us. Yeah, I know, Westminster. That's uh, one of our big rivals. Uh, when Coach Rice was there, we beat him in four overtimes uh, back in 2002. But uh, it's a very spirited rivalry. You know, I was doing some work for the game. And, you know, I could feel, I could feel the tension a little bit, you know, the, the blood pressure going up a bit. Um, but, um, but in terms of when the game's over, I can upload this 
that file because we're on the same platform it Westminster automatically loads on there so things like that you know it's it's been simplified but it's also added some things but as far as you know the best practices we're working on our game notes for tonight and they're not we won't have an extensive 20 25 30 page note packet that say the University of Kentucky would have or that Alabama would have or, or, or whomever uh, I know coach Rice big big roll tide fan um, but uh, we put together what is our essentially game program which is uh, a double-sided flyer with the rosters on it and some stats and notes. And then we put it inside a little program that we have pre-printed. Um, and so we put those out online so P and then we put on social media, hey, here's the notes. And people, they'll look at it, click on it, retweet it or like it or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of what we do beforehand. We do that for all of our home events. And then afterwards, uh, whenever, however the games turn out, I'll come back in, you know, do the game recaps and email them out to uh, the media post them online, post them on social media, and that's how we get uh, get the news out, hopefully for two Wolverine wins tonight. But uh, win, lose, or draw, it's something we do. Right. And, you know, one of the things, if we go all the way back to that four-overtime thriller at, you know, uh, uh, Riddle Gymnasium there in uh, New Wilmington, uh, which is one of the most remarkable games I've ever been a part of. Um, but, um, you know, when I think back to that time frame, if you recall how media guides were, a media guide was a, a printed document, you know, mm -hmm. 40 pages, 50 pages, whatever it might be. Now, these days, do you print media guides anymore, or are they all just PDF? We, yeah, we have gone away from printing. Um, and and I'm, I always enjoy having a hard copy of something. We still do a football game program, but uh, generally we have gone away from media guides. Uh, again, I always liked working on them. I liked producing them, but they're not cheap. And, uh, you know, to get, to have something printed up, you know, there's paper and of course paper is not cheap anymore. Uh, just all the production that goes into it and considering with the amount of information that's available online now with our, it's not new anymore, but our quote new website, uh, anything you want to find out about one of our players is on there. So if you want to find out about our starting point guard on the basketball team, you could click on his or her name, and you'll see a game by game of their stats. You can see how many minutes they played in every game this year. Uh, there's a bio there. So anything that we actually, we are not limited by the constraints of a media guide in terms of, you know, you only have, you know, an eight and a half by 11 page to work with. Now you could go on and on. You could list, really it's uh, you, an, an endless opportunity. Now at some point it would be overkill, uh, but that's, we, we, we have gone away from them. Because uh, again, it's you know they certainly would it certainly would it would not hurt if we still did them, but from a cost standpoint, uh, as anybody knows, working higher education, you know, budgets are always a factor. Uh, so if you're spending several thousand dollars a year in media guides, you know, compared to you know what are we getting out of them, you know how what's the return on that investment in terms of the money and the time with it. So we've gone you know everything is electronic now and. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, I've not had anybody calling up and say, hey, send me your media guide. So, and I think that just reflects on uh, the way things are technologically. I know uh, in the National Hockey League, I don't know of any teams that are still doing, um, you know, paper, you know, full media guides, you know, whereas, uh, you know, 10 years ago, they would do one be about that thick, would look like a small phone book, you know, and same way. And still, uh, I know National Football League teams still do things of that sort, but uh, they are they are going away for better or worse, but I think uh, that's one area where technology technology 
has made things better. Okay. Well, and, and kind of jumping from that, um, when you look at print media, when you look at newspapers, and you look at, um, you talked a little bit about that early in the, the conversation here today. What do you think is the future of newspapers in, uh, in the United States in terms of the sports page or just newspapers in general? Uh, I hate to say it, but probably similar to what uh, a blacksmith was looking at around 1910 when the car was coming along. Uh, they'll never, I don't, they will never go away fully, but I think they need to, will, will need to adapt to change, uh, you know, to be, to, to remain solvent in, uh, in the 21st century and beyond because you know, if we, the way people are now, the way that kids grow up with technology and, you know, older people, you'll see people who, uh, we have this, one well, of the swim championships, our conference swim championships coming up here in the next three days. There will be people in their 70s and 80s with smartphones and tablets following everything. They'll be up to minute. So, you know, people of all ages, they're used to having things at the touch of, at the touch of their your finger, if you will. So for them to wait till the next day to read about a game, okay, if they want to know who won, who won, who won the, base, the baseball game last night, well, they may look and they'll, they might – you know, the next day, look through the paper and look the other scores or something. But if they want to know, they're going to get online or they'll, they'll, uh, they'll watch video highlights of it or they'll read a recap or they'll look at the box score. Uh, so newspapers, the battle they're fighting is, okay, well, they can't be as instantaneous as that. No matter what, you have the newspaper deadlines at midnight, by the time it's printed and goes to the newsstand or delivered to your house, if it's 6, 7, 8 a.m. by the time you get it, the game ended at 10, 10 o'clock the night before, you would know you could have been following along the whole time, or you could have known at ten fifteen what happened. Uh, so I think from the newspaper and print media standpoint, is finding the niche, finding that sweet spot of what can they do that's different. So that's where feature stories would come into play more so, maybe historical things. Um, and still, there's always the fact people like having something in their hands as well. Uh, but I think newspapers, if they're still trying to do things now with they how they did it in 1993. You know they're um, they're heading for extinction. Yeah, that's true, and I and I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, when I think about what I do for a living as an online faculty member with you know a number of schools, you know, you take you brought back up 1993. That's when I graduated from college, and if I were to go back to 1993 with a phone right now and call myself, hey, hey, it's me, yeah, you, you know, like 26 years later, you know. Yeah, you're going to be an online faculty member. First thing I would say is you actually earned a doctorate. Um, that'd be the first thing I'd say. But then the online, I'm like, what does that mean? And I think it's amazing mm -hmm. how things have changed and, and uh, you know, things that we can't live in the past. That's the biggest thing, I think, being able to change and adapt is so critical. Now, one thing I was going to bring you brought up was social media with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other things. How do you guys use uh, social media at Grove City College? Well, uh, from an athletic standpoint, um, we use it primarily as a means of promotion uh, with Twitter, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. An example I can give you uh, from yesterday, I mentioned we have the swim championships upcoming, um, and we've hosted them every year here for about 30 years. We, we have the best pool uh, facility in the conference. We have eight lanes. We have good seating capacity to accommodate it. So it's here every year, and, and, and it works well. The people that we bring in some people to help run it, and they do a great job. But anyway, each team – uh, you have a lineup. You can't enter, you know, every everybody on the roster. You're, you're limited to 18 roster spots to score points over the course of three days. So what I did yesterday, I got the lineups from our uh, our head swim coach, and I, I just created a graphic. It wasn't anything fancy, but it was uh, 
kind of just a square and had I'd have uh, each player or each swimmer uh, have a box, put their name in their event, you know, backstroke, diving, whatever, and put that out there uh, just as kind of a teaser to help promote the event. And, hey, here's our lineup. Because we've done other things uh, with, you know, in the fall with our soccer teams or volleyball or football. Here's the, here's the, the probable starting lineup. Oh, pe people like seeing that. You know, hey, there's my son. There's my brother. There's my sister, whatever. So uh, what we do, we put those on Twitter. Uh, included the links for the championships for video and live results. Same with on Facebook. And then Instagram, we just put the images on there. And then the text included the links for the championship. We said, hey, the championships start Wednesday night with preliminary diving. So that's one means of doing it. Uh, is, or one of the main, main tools is to promote it to get to a more diverse um, audience because not everybody is going to be clicking on our athletic website all the time, but they, they get on Twitter and they're, the things that they follow – uh, maybe they'd follow whatever it is, maybe a politician or entertainers or music groups, and maybe they're a big fan of or, you know, the big school, the Division One program in their town, say Penn State or Pitt or something, or Notre Dame, and go through, oh, yeah, here's Grove City, and oh, that's cool. And so it's just it's another way for us to get out, uh, to get out the uh, what we're doing. We have, a lot, we have a lot of great things going on, and we use all of them uh, well, and we've been looking to, we have and continuing to do so, adding to our video repertoire on YouTube also. Uh, we're still playing catch up a little bit with that. We're not, we don't have as much out there as we'd like, but as we look at you know, short-term, intermediate term, those are things that we're looking to do more because people like video as well. Uh, what I always tell people, for example, season previews, we have our spring sports coming up. There are some people out there who don't mind reading a written preview. Say, I would be that way. I would like to read the written preview, but a lot of people, they want to hear what's the coach have to say. They'll sit and watch a three-minute video where the coach says, well, we expect this A, B, and C. They're not going to go through and read a 10-paragraph release about the upcoming season. So uh, meeting the needs of, of everybody, of a diverse audience, a diverse and changing audience, is uh, something that's critical. Well, and you, one thing that I was going to bring up when I think about social media, one, one thing that really made my heart happy uh, was to see – Michelle Novacell Dudash, I want to make sure I Dudash, say her yep. last name correctly, uh, former one, one of my former golfers, uh, be uh, named to the uh, Grove City Hall of Fame, uh, Athletic Hall of Fame this past week, and uh, in soccer, and women's soccer, but she was part of a conference championship team in golf for me in 2003, and, and to actually see two of my other players that were on those teams um, be at that event, as well as her head coach, Mich uh, Michelle Lamy, or Melissa, sorry, Melissa Lamy. Um, and to be able to, uh, to see that as a former athlete, that's an alumnus of the school. I mean, how important is it to, to have social media for the former athletes, the former student athletes or parents of the athletes? How's, how's that important? Oh, it's huge. Uh, in many ways, uh, they're able to follow. And I think the one thing that we have learned from our side is you know, we always wondered, how much do people really care? Are people paying attention? And the answer is absolutely they care. They care a lot. We can see it with the, the analytics and seeing on clicks and likes and retweets. But I think it's also important. It's, it's important. We know that they care, and it's important that they know that we care about what their son and daughter are doing here. By, you know, for example, the, the, swim, the swim thing I referred to, that's 20 men and 19 women. We put that out there. So 39 of our student athletes, that's instant recognition right there. It cost us nothing. It took a little bit of time to create it, but, but again, that's my job. So it comes with the territory. But by doing that, uh, 
and so now they're able to see it and they say, hey, you know, the college, because there's always the perception that a college, and, and most of the time it's wrong, although in some places it is the case, they only care about this sport or they care about that sport or they don't care about this or whatever. And that's not the case. We have 22 sports here. We care about all of them. We do as much as we can for all of them with all with the resources that we have. So by doing something like that, they see that we care, and then we also know that they care. So I think that's been the, the benefit of it is to create a conduit between us and them. Uh, you know, like you said, the former student athletes, the current ones, uh, just current students in general, and, and their parents, their families. I mean, it's amazing to see how many aunts and uncles will, will retweet or comment, hey, congratulations, Mary, congratulations, Joe, stuff like that. And that's what's been eye-opening, and it's been a real pleasant surprise. Yeah, and, you know, I think that the one thing you brought up, too, that I think a lot of people may not understand on this call is that you're over 22 sports, that you're covering 22 sports, and you've got the football coach coming to you, uh, Coach DiDonato coming to you saying, well, I need this kind of coverage, or, you know, Steve Lamy, my, my boss and good friend, coming to you maybe saying, hey, I need coverage uh, for men's basketball, and you have to be able to be – even even with them all and i think that's so incredibly important so tell me this how many people work for you well in the office uh, currently for um uh, i'm the only you know full-time employee we did have a, uh we did have a, a second person in the office for a while but uh he he left in october 17 we've not uh we, we've not replaced him hopefully we will look to do that uh, here uh, in the upcoming months uh, again that's um you know you know hopeful we do but if we don't we don't um but I have a, a good crew of student workers as well. Uh, so we have there are a couple that work in the office. Uh, actually, two uh, two women's basketball players. Uh, they uh, they actually just left before we got on on the call here. They work uh, they work three days a week in here for from eleven to twelve, in around their class schedules. I have another young man who I would cons uh, easily consider uh, my top student assistant. He's a senior and he's expressed an interest in the field. So I've been uh, trying to help uh, I guess mentor him if you will, and he's. Uh, He's very talented. He's done a lot of uh, done a lot of great graphic things. Uh, just he, he's been a quick study on stuff. Uh, he works in the office and at game sites, be it you know basketball or at the soccer games, football, etc., volleyball. And then I have a couple a couple other guys who uh, work the home games in football, and uh, they'll be big helps in lacrosse come this spring also. So I have about uh, I'll tell about five or six students uh, on on the payroll as well. So, so when you look at, you brought up the word mentor and mentorship and, you know, you kind of see yourself as kind of um, how Joe's worked with you back in those years, way back when, I think almost 20 years ago. Isn't that crazy? By yes, the way? I know. Uh, um, how Joe, you know, actually stepped in and was, you know, that guy for you, Joe Klumchak, how he mentored you. Do you feel like that's what you're doing right now? Uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of similarities. Um, and also, too, it's mutually beneficial. Uh, in this case, Brett, the young man that works for me, he's learning a lot of skills. And there are things that, frankly, he can do that I struggle with. As far as, you know, I mentioned videos, you know, I can record the video, but it's easier for me to hand him the SD card and say, Brett, take care of it. What takes him 15 minutes to do would take me 45. Uh, he's just very skilled with it. So it's beneficial to me, too. I can work on other things. He's learning skills, develop, developing, developing them, excuse me, and also 
we're all benefiting because he he's done it and he, and he does a great job with them and that's just one example there are many other things uh he's uh, done a lot of our website work as far as getting our schedules up uh you know, rosters think all, all of those types of things i can do them but he's able to do them i can work on other things or handle other stuff that may be of a little bit more of a higher order or some stuff that i want to say is confidential but stuff that you know this that, that i have to do so no I can, I can do that. He's able to do other things, and it, it works out well for both of us, uh, and, and it benefits the program, benefits the office. Talk a little bit about how important doing an internship is. How important is that to climb the ladder in this business? Certainly. This business, it's, uh, it's a business that is a, it's a crowded business. Uh, everybody wants to be in it, and there are only so many jobs. Now, the job field is growing because – uh, you know, as schools of all sizes, whether it's the, you know, whether it's a massive division one program with a 40 sport program or, you know, a small uh, division three or NAIA or junior college school that may only have eight, nine sports or whatever, there's greater demand for things as far as, you know, from a video standpoint, from a website, all, all the things that we've talked about, they're not going away. They're only going to be get to, and to grow. So you have to have people to do those jobs. So the biggest thing is, uh, is you, know, you said with an internship or the opportunity to work in an office, uh, you know, the students that work in here, they're getting, they get paid the same hourly rate as say somebody that works in the library or work is you know, the weight room attendant or is working in, in the dish room, things like that. So, but what, by doing that, l learn as much as you can. Uh, and, and whether it's, uh, you know, and whatever the task is, no task is too small or insignificant. And, and just be will, you, like I said, internships can give you the opportunity to, to, to learn, you know, various sports, various skills within this office. So, yeah, I can't emphasize enough getting as many experiences as you can, you know, be it an internship, which may last 90 days, three months, six months, however long it would be. Or if it's an opportunity in your area, you know, such as uh, an NCAA championship. Uh, you know, like, for example, the you know, March Madness, where they have the 16 uh, sites on the opening weekend. You know, maybe if there's one in your, you know, in your region, say within an hour or two. I know, for example, here in western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh has hosted it uh, a number, uh, on a number of occasions. Or in Cleveland, which isn't super far. Or even to go to Columbus or Buffalo from here would not be far. And they're always looking for volunteers, uh, whether it's something as seemingly mundane as running copies or helping in the media room or anything like that, any experiences you can get and getting to meet people, interact with people, uh, getting your name out there. The benefits are, are tremendous because you know, if you go through and say, Hey, I worked at this event and I, and I know, you know, so-and-so at, at school X, well then maybe that person knows somebody else and that can say, Hey, this person, he or she did a great job. So that that's, uh, you, you never know who you're going to run into, and you never know who's watching. Uh, and they say, hey, I remember that, that young man, that young woman. He did a great job. Conversely, you know, I will never hire him, or I would never hire that person if, they, if you do, if you're a, you know, a clown. Um, so that's the importance of, you know, of do it, being willing to do whatever it takes or whatever needs to be done and, and to give it your all and do the best you can. Well, and, you know, you bring up a, a great point that you never know – who in your office right now as a student might actually go on 
to incredible greatness, I don't know, like maybe become the president of a major league soccer franchise. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, you never know how career paths will go. Uh, you can always set out to do one thing and, uh, and things, in, and you can end up in a totally different thing. A prime example I can give of that, it's not necessarily related to what I do, but certainly the realm of sports. Uh, the guy whose office is next to me, it's a guy that Coach Rice worked with, Dave Fritz is his name. He is our head swimming and diving coach, uh, very accomplished coach. He's coached three national champions here, individual champions. I've had no, a number of great team finishes at the Division Three level. He currently is the Division Three chairman for swimming and diving for the NCAA Division Three. He's the national chair. Uh, so at the national championships, he'll be there. I mean, he, it's a very significant and important position, okay? So you're wondering, why am I telling this story? He was an all-conference defensive tackle for our football team at Grove City in the early 90s. So here's a guy who was a very good football player for us, went in, was a math teacher for a while, Cody and uh, coached football, coached swimming at the high school level. And now as you come, you know, he's 25 years out of college or so, and here he is, the national chairman for Division Three Swimming and Diving. So you never know what the, where the path is going to take you, uh, but that's, that's a, an example right there. But the reason he got to that was because of, you know, his hard work and all the things like that. And now here he is with uh, coaching a very good swimming and diving program and uh, overseeing a highly competitive uh, national championship. Right. And, you know, I think that's why, and um, thank you for bringing those examples up. And I think uh, when it comes right down to it, you know, networking is one thing and working these events is, is, is one thing. But really continuing relationships over a time period is extremely important. If you think about our relationship, you know, I met this guy in, 19, in 2001 when he was a yes. student at Grove City um, when I had him in class. And, uh, and you know, uh, I left Grove City in 2003 um, and uh, headed to another school not too far from Grove City to become the head coach in men's basketball. But we connect, we stayed in touch over the last, gosh, 15, 16, 17 mm -hmm. years. And I think, um, you know, I think that's so incredibly important to be, how important is it for you, for students that are watching this or anyone watching this to keep those relationships going? Certainly. And then, and leads me to a point that I really wanted to impress. It's something I've learned probably in the last, it took me a long time to, to learn it, but when, of course, when I started in the field, and I, as I said, I really like the numbers, the stats, all those things, the games, and I still do. I, I, I you know, love all that. But this, and again, and I didn't realize this until a couple years ago, really. This is a people business. This is about people. Sure, you know, we, you know, we measure or we, we're able to keep track of how many points per game somebody scores or how many rushing yards or how many goals they score or what, how far they throw the javelin. And we, we have that because, you know, it's competition. We're keeping track. But it really is a people business, and that's what I, I've really have come to learn. It took me a lot longer to learn that than I than it should have. But we learn different. Some of us learn at a different pace, uh, as all, all the students do as well. But uh, in terms of being a people business, like with Coach Rice and me, you know, from that standpoint, or the coaches I work with, he mentioned Steve Lamby, our head basketball coach, and uh, he and Coach Rice still are stay in touch a lot. It, it's those types of things ultimately that uh, are important. You know, when you mentioned the other night, um, you know, we had our Hall of Fame dinner here at the college and uh, the young lady who went in for women's soccer and uh, of course, Coach Rice coached her in golf as well. The first, she was on our first two women's soccer teams that went to the NCAA tournament. 
And that's certainly very historic, uh, you know, to go to the NCAA tournament. We were a very young program. But as I thought back, she had several of her teammates there, and they were all good soccer players. Some of the other teammates that were there were certainly people to be candidates to be in the to go into the Hall of Fame down the road. But I was thinking about it afterwards. I saw them and thinking that group of that team, how how special it was for what they did. But also because I kind of came in with them, as I said, cut my teeth with them, all those types of things. And now looking back and seeing what they're doing, successful, you know wives, mothers, the careers that they have, they're doing outstanding things. And that's really what is important to see the success that they have had now, what they are doing. And the fact that they came back and they came over and all gave me a hug. And that's what really meant so much to me now, looking back and not just the fact that they might've scored seven goals in a season or that they, you know, that they won a championship or whatever the case, all the on-field stuff, what they, what they're doing now, that's, was really great to see and rewarding and it was more so about about that just the relationship uh between us it was compared to you know what they were as soccer players and back then yeah I knew them and they were the player that you know started at forward or started at defender or whatever and as I going on now realizing you know yes they were that and they were great soccer players but so much more to it it's been you know I just wish I had learned that earlier but it, but it takes time, and, you know. It takes time, and you get, and and it really took me a long time just from to to kind of take a step back and see the bigger picture as well with things, as opposed to just day by day. It's you know stats, names, numbers, all this, and that's an important part of it. But these are real people. We're all real people, and uh, you know we're not uh, not solely judged. You know, you know, or, or I guess also just because somebody scored. You know, the most goals or whatever doesn't make them a great person. Now, in the case of the people we're talking about, they are outstanding people. Or just because somebody maybe was a reserve or didn't play a lot doesn't make them, you know, a, uh, you know, a quote, bad person or anything like that. It, it's starting that. A prime example of that is a guy that um, Coach Rice uh, helped recruit with a guy named uh, Eric Tinsman who played on our basketball team. He was on our 03 title team. Uh, Eric didn't play a great deal for us. Um, he started on senior night. His senior year, he probably played in a dozen games or so, but he was a he was a reserve. Uh, you know, just we had guys that were a little bigger, a little faster ahead of him. But uh, you know, now, I mean, he's a guy I stay in touch with now. He's a successful attorney in Miami. Uh, certainly better weather down in Miami than we're having here now in Western Pennsylvania. But uh, and I knew Eric then, and really liked him and then and stuff. But just now seeing all those things, that's what really it's all about. Far more than uh, you know what the stat sheet might say. I mean. Now, that being said, it's still pretty cool. We have a banner that says 2003 President's Athletic Conference Champions in men's basketball. But uh, those are things that I, again, I know I'm rambling a bit, but learning that it is a people business, it's about people, and, and that's what makes it so special. All the people, the great friends you make. And uh, you know, in 17 years here at Grove City, you know, the number of people that we've had come through here that I didn't care for is exceptionally small. And uh been very very fortunate and very glad to be able to say that yeah you know and you brought up those names and i thought about jeff Gehring, uh yes. who was the sportsman of the year in his senior year at grove city which is the highest honor of any student athlete um male or female uh there and uh jeff you know he was a multi-sport athlete but uh he's a guy who you know i think uh one of the great stories about jeff is he 
went out for water polo and almost drowned because he, but he wanted to be on the team, you know, uh, he would try anything. And uh, without him on our team that 2002-2003 season, uh, Andy Blackovich, who was an all-conference guard for us, would never have been the player he was at uh, Grove City. And ironically enough, now a very successful high school coach at arguably one of the most well-known high schools in uh, all of Ohio and all the Midwest, Canton McKinley. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I think it's true, and I agree. Now, one quick question. Uh, what does your day look like? Tell, run through real quick, but what's your day look like as a sports information director at Grove City? Well, uh, one of the things that I, uh, I, when I get asked to speak at things like career days, we had middle schools, high schools, or whatever, when people ask that, I always tell them, one of the great things about this field is every day is different. Okay, what I did yesterday was different than what I did Monday, what I'm doing today, or the previous Tuesday, or the following Tuesday. So a- every day is different. Um, now, there are nights, a lot of nights involved. We have a basketball doubleheader tonight at home. So I'll be here probably till 10, 1030 tonight. And then we have the swim championships upcoming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which we're hosting. So uh, I'm going to be here in the office for a while or here in the building the next several days. But, you know, uh, when we have home events, a lot of the, a lot of the time is, you know, geared towards preparing for them, uh, be it, uh, you know, getting personnel lined up, you know, like my student workers or things such as the game notes, programs, social media stuff online, just getting the links on the website, things of that sort. Um, you know, other days when we had a stretch here, where we haven't had too many home events. Uh, we had a lot of preparation for the Hall of Fame that we had, uh, getting the program ready, uh, just our displays, stuff like that. Uh, but So every day is different. Some days it's game preparation. Some days it's more intermediate or long-term. Uh, some days we're kind of, you know, it's recapping. And then uh, occasionally it's just maybe uh, helping with, uh, you know, assisting something in the athletic department. Uh, you know, I've been called on sometimes help move trophy cases or just, you know, little things like that. But every day is different. Uh, the hours are different. Uh, like today, I came in about 10 o'clock. Uh, and uh, what's great is uh, my boss, Todd Gibson, our athletic director, uh, who, who's a great friend, a great man. Um, I know, Coach Rice, you had some interactions with him when you were here. Um, he, and I, he and I actually were in college together here. Uh, you know, he's very, uh, very understanding, very flexible, uh, and, and encouraging me. Hey, you know, you're going to be here a lot. You know, I don't want to see you here all night. You know, things like that. Encouraging you know, understanding the importance of balance. And sometimes, and not so much here, but there are other places where they aren't as understanding or it's, you know, you know, you need to be here, you know, you know, whatever, eight to five and whatever it takes, you know. So people, that's how you get people working 70, 75, 80 hours a week and it leads to burnout and uh, it, it's not healthy. And uh, even in my younger days, I was kind of that way. I was solely focused on, being, you know, Grove City Sports Information was it. It was, uh, pardon expression, you know, balls to the wall, if you will. And and if I ended up in the hospital with it over about 10 years ago from the stress and everything, and uh, it was not healthy, and it was not healthy physically, it was not healthy mentally. Uh, so kind of, uh, you know, re reallocated some things, kind of looked at doing some things differently. I think it's, I think I'm a lot better as a sports information director now than I was then, even though I'm not working as much, I'm still working quite a bit. I'm not, I'm not, you know, coasting and just stealing a paycheck, but I think working smarter, working, uh, working better, all those things. But uh, again, it's things that, you know, you, you don't know when you start out, you just think go man, go. And uh, uh, again, you know, 
I'm, I still, you know, the hours are long at times, but uh, I enjoy it. And uh, again, you know, having, having that support administratively and understanding of, you know, of the, what we're doing is important, but it's not worth risking your, your well-being over. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Seriously, um, that is an incredibly important part. And I'm seriously, thank you, Ryan, for bringing that up because that's one thing that a lot of people fail to think about. And I have no problem sharing this. And Ryan knows me pretty well. You know, when I was a head men's basketball coach at Hiram College, had a rough three years there. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I ended up stepping away from that uh, role at Hiram on purpose, really, because of the burnout. And because I uh, really thought, you know, I'm not doing things the right way. I'm not living my life the way it needs to be lived. And I'm also struggling mentally, physically, and it was impacting my career. And, you know, I think burnout is such an incredible, uh, incredibly, it happens a lot in this field. Mm -hmm. And I think that being able to manage your, um, your stress levels, being able to handle, listen, we can't be super men and women. We just can't be. Um, you know, uh, my wife, Candy, who Ryan knows pretty well, uh, always says, don't be a hero, Tim, don't be a hero. And the only thing you can do is you only get a certain amount of time each day and, uh, and you have to make the most of it. Um, would you say that's the biggest challenge for somebody in your role? It, it is, uh, you know, there's all, I, there's never a time where I'm just sitting here. Oh, I have nothing to do. There's always stuff to do. There's always there's always maybe a little bit of an intrinsic pressure of, well, I need to get this done. I want to get that done. And that, and that can, uh, that can eat away at you um, instead of, you know, saying, okay, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, because you don't want to feel, you don't want to feel like you're letting people down. You don't want to uh, shortchange folks or feel like you're shortchanging people uh, because you, but like you said, you know, we're not supermen. You're we're not superwoman. You know, you know, we're human beings. Uh, there, there is more to life than solely work. Um, you know, what, what good is it to work? What, go, what fun is life if you can't enjoy it? Now, I enjoy what I do every day. We're going to the basketball games here tonight. Uh, you know, I'll enjoy it. It's Westminster. It's always, you know, it always gets, you know, you get cranked up for those again. You know, I, w I wish I was out there. You know, I have my basketball skills terrible. Yeah, again, and it's ridiculous. But you know, I'd love to be running out there and doing the defensive slides with the guys before the game tonight. It's just, you know, that's still. So that passion after 17 years, and I would say it, it uh, for me, the pa what I do, it still burns white hot, um, which is kind of funny talking about burnout, and I say my fire burns hot. So, but say seven, eight years ago, I certainly was, uh, you know, teetering in range of, you know, perhaps burning out, you know, burning that candle at both ends, and uh, you just, you can't be everything to everybody, and uh so I've kind of said, I'm going to come in, I'm going to you know, work hard, do the best that I can and get as much done and uh, you know, put, you know, everything, certainly not going to do it half baked, but you know, you know, I, I get paid, but you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not on call. I'm not an emergency room doctor. I'm not, you know, it's, it's important, but it's not important, bold letters, all caps. So, and, and like the occasionally, you know, if we get a, you know, like a track meet, that ends Saturday night for a reason, 10 o'clock at night, you know, the recap may not get done till Sunday, you know, link the results up. People want to see, find out what people did. And I have not had anybody complain, email or say, Hey, where's the recap. Now, if it waited four or five days and it wasn't up, somebody might say something, but you know, 
you know, get get something out there, kind of you know satisfy folks, and then take care of it the next day. Uh, I've learned that, and uh, you know, generally, I mean, everybody in our department is great. We have a great group of people here, uh, which is, uh, and you know, from working here, a lot of good people here. And I think it's even gotten better since then. We've expanded. We've added a lot. We've had a lot of new people come in, in the last several years. Uh, for, for people that don't know, uh, Grove City is a place that there generally is, has not been a lot of turnover in our athletic department. Uh, those same people in the same positions for many, many years. But as people have gotten older and retired, uh, you know, and administratively, we've changed some things. We've added, uh, you know, added some assistant coaching positions, things of that, reduced some coaching responsibilities for people. So we have, uh, we've had a lot of new blood in as well, which has been very invigorating. People with different ideas, different perspectives, uh, and just the overall, just the excitement of youth. It's really been, uh, not that I'm old, but, you know, there are people here now who are considerably younger than me, uh, which is cool. It's fun to work with them. Oh, uh, our yeah. Football coach, you mentioned him, Andrew DiDonato. He's about nine, ten years younger than me, but I've learned so much from him. I mean, I've learned much more than him than he could ever learn from me. Well, and that's that's another piece, a great piece of advice. I think one of the things that happens a lot of times, and we all struggle with this, the older we get, well, I should say older, the older I've gotten, the more I've actually started to think uh, less about me being an know-it-all, right? But, um, you know, uh, one of the greatest things you can ever do is be willing to learn from everyone, regardless of what their age is, because we can learn from everyone, even uh, just how, I, in fact, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, one of the greatest examples of uh, unconditional love and, um, and effort and understanding was my, my yellow lab named Chase, you know, mm -hmm. and he wasn't even a person, he was a dog. And, you know, I think that we, we have... Uh, there are so many learning opportunities around us, and it's so critical to to see them. A lot of times we have our head down looking at the, the, the road that we're walking down, the path we're walking down, and we don't look up to see, oh, my gosh, I live in Colorado, and I see the Rocky Mountains in front of me, uh, which, you know, I did back when I lived there for four years. I got to the point at that point where I said, look, I'm going to see those mountains every day. I'm not going to keep looking down. It's time right. to live my life. And that was right after my experience at Hiram. And, um, but thank you again for sharing that. One thing, um, as we get uh, ready to close, I've got a couple of things I've got to bring up because I sure. always uh, bring up a, a little uh, uh, unknown fact about the person. But before I do that, um, can you give us like maybe two or three? Well, first of all, how important is presentation in this field? How important is it to write well, present yourself well? How important is it? Well, I think writing, it, the ability to write well is such an important skill that I, and I don't think it's being emphasized enough it, it, across the board in society. Uh, you know, there's, you hear so much, you hear so much about STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. And, and that's, and those are important. Don't get me wrong. But the ability to communicate, to write well, to speak well. Now, some people are going to be more shy than others. I, I mean, I get that. Other people aren't going to be comfortable going up to a podium, I understand and that that's, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, but the ability still to be able to, to write well, to be well-read, to communicate is, I think, uh, being badly underrated uh, in today's world. Because technology is so prevalent, you can have, you know, very fancy websites or, or whatever the case may be, but if you're putting out lousy content, if you have a press release that's garbage, Really what you're doing is you have a nice, okay, Valentine's Day is coming up. You have that heart-shaped box, and then you're putting junk in there. 
I mean, that's what, and that's what it is. So the ability to write well, and, and I, I tell when I speak to students, whether it's the students that come in the office and ask me, or local high school students, or middle school students, or whomever, I'll say to them, the ability to write well will help you out more than any other skill. Well, that one, and being willing to work hard. Write well, work hard. Again, and, not, and by work hard, that doesn't mean you're just going and pounding on a rock with a sledgehammer. It's just you work smart too, but be, but don't be lazy. So, but writing well is so so important, and it's it. Would people people who may not necessarily even be great writers or, or great readers, they can still they can tell when they read something that's well written, they get it. It kept, it resonates with them, and it it sticks with them. And I think that's uh, that's something that's so important, and it's not emphasized enough. Uh, generally, whether it's in this field, the fields that we are in, related fields, or across the board in, in our schools today, it, you always hear STEM, 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 and, and I get that, and it's important. But where are where is writing, reading, uh, understanding social studies, civics, etc., things like that? They've all been kind of cast to the back burner in favor of you know science and technology, which are, are important. We're not going to go back to the days of stone tablets. I mean, technology is going is going forward but uh, still i think uh, to go and to take writing courses a writing course or to work on that as i say writing is writing or speaking they are like um they're they're like a trade they're like the carpenter they're like a plumber they're uh they're like or like any sort of skill or like shooting a basketball swinging a golf club all those things it's it's a skill it's a craft you have to develop it some people have more of a natural affinity for it in, in terms of athletics, you know, there's some people, you put that uh, a golf club in their hands and they drive it right down the fairway first time. So, But others, they really have to work at it, work at it, work at it to get to that point. Writing is the same way. What is the piece of advice that you would give to anyone that's wanting to climb the ladder in the sport business, the sport industry, whatever it might be? Okay, well, the, uh, the first one is, uh, it is uh, as I said earlier, to be, to be, to be willing to, to work hard. Now, everybody's aspirations are different. Uh, in our field, there are some people they want to go, they would want to go and work at a major university. They would want to work. They would want their goal. They would want to be the main football contact for the University of Alabama, or the main basketball contact for Duke or Kansas or something like that. Others, they may want to use this as a platform to become an athletic director or something in that role, or to move into uh, other areas of, say, college or university relations, marketing. Those, but no matter what the goal is, you have to be to be willing to work. So you know, it may be with something that seems nominal, whether it's filling up water cups or running copies or something like that, or proofreading, things that don't seem to be, pardon the expression, jobs that aren't real sexy, but they have to be done. So to take on those tasks. Secondly, uh, we have two ears and one mouth. Listen to people. Don't be afraid to ask questions, though, either. Don't think that you know the answers. There are a lot of people out there who have you know, wisdom to offer. If you're wondering, okay, well, how do you do this or why do you do it? Don't be afraid to ask people. Most people will be willing to, willing to tell you, okay, here's why we do this. This is how, this is the result of it. Um, or, and maybe by asking, you'll say, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a better way of doing it. But be, uh, so again, be willing to work hard. Be willing to ask questions. Don't think that you have the answers. Now, you can always think of, be willing to think and say, well, what about this? Or why don't you do it that way? Uh, there's a certain way of doing it. You can come across as being uh, helpful as opposed to being a know-it-all. So those are things, uh, again, again, it all depends on what, what you want. And, uh, and be willing, but be also be willing to do 
or be be prepared for wherever life may take you. I mentioned I referenced uh, Coach Fritz earlier, where I, I don't think any of us would have thought that he would be in the position he is in. Uh, you know, Coach Rice, uh, his career path certainly. I'm sure it's uh, if, when you were here in 2000, 2001. Um, that you know, with the field that you're in, I'm sure that uh, wasn't what you had uh, necessarily planned. Uh, so, but be be willing and understanding that something that might seem to be a little bit off of the off the plan or the things may not go a b c d e or f you may go from a to c to q and back to g uh, just be willing to understand that uh life will throw you curveballs wow that's great advice uh thank you for that and um and that's one thing uh and, and ryan's right uh you know when it with looking at my own career and you know that i'm not anything uh special i mean i think this happens with a lot of folks in the sport industry that you kind of a lot of times you might take one step back but that one step back may actually propel you two steps forward and i think mm -hmm. you know in my experience i'm in this position because of that because of failure you know and um so one of the big things um with regard to um uh with regard to this and i appreciate you uh, sharing this i'm gonna i'm gonna share a couple of things here real quickly. Um, number one, is the red jacket nearby? The red jacket is not nearby. I do have, I have a bright red polyester sport coat that I break out on certain occasions, usually in basketball season. Um, the times I'd wear it, I always wear it when we play Geneva, which is a big rival of ours. I uh, have that, uh, I may break it out for the PAC tournament next week, uh, our conference tournament, depending on uh, the who, the what, the when, and the where, but uh, it's kind of my uh, special jacket. Uh, Coach Gibson, our athletic director, calls it the big game jacket. But, uh, you know, I wear it and people, people it, it, you know, it's one of those things, if I wore it too much, the novelty would wear off. But pe people like it. They always, uh, people always smile when they see me wear it. So it's, it's I like, I li it, it's kind of cool. Just something I bought on a whim online from, uh, you know, from a place in New York City uh, many years ago. And uh, it still fits pretty well. Um, you know, a little thick through the midsection right now. So the button's kind of, uh, are touch tight, but uh, we're working to rectify that here as well, uh, as many people are, are early in the calendar year. But uh, unfortunately, the red jacket, uh, it's in the special bag in my closet at home. Okay, fair enough. I just figured if you had it, it'd be great to see. Yeah, um, I'd have worn it for this. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, in fact, I think the last time I saw you face-to-face -face was for Westminster about three years ago when I just showed up and surprised everyone at the game. Um, and uh, I think you had it on that night. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing, too, that everyone uh, should know about Ryan um, is his, his ability to be an announcer. He's got an incredible voice, and uh, he does color commentary on the radio, not just for um, Grove City home or away games. And your home games, he's actually going to be announcing the game at the arena um, where he's the, uh, the press announcer. Um, but uh, the PA guy, but he does an incredible job. And um, I wish we had an example right now from that 2003 conference championship game with the Teal Tomcats, uh, the very last few seconds of that ball game. Um, one of my favorite calls I've ever heard, um, honestly, and, you know, I've been around the block a little bit. Of course, I also am biased because I was on the bench for that ball game uh, when Bill Bushry hit those two, three throws um, to, to win it. Um, after getting fouled, and then of course Mike Snell going bonkers. Uh, yep. One of my favorites. That, you know, I still have the VHS tape. That tells you how long ago it was uh, that that game was played. 
Wonderful. Thanks so much, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Briggs, the Sports Information Director from Grove City College. It's been uh, so much fun to be able to talk with you over the last almost hour. And then again, students, again, he's a great example of what it takes to work hard, climb the ladder, and go after what he wanted with the passion that he had. But it's not just passion that gets you to places. It's putting it together with work ethic. And that's exactly what he's done. Brian, thanks so very much. Sure thing. Thank you very much. It was a, a great honor and pleasure for me as well. Thanks for listening. And until next week, I challenge you to hold a ladder for someone to climb to greater heights than they ever thought possible.